Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Colin Powell, who served as Secretary of State under George W. Bush and led the first Gulf War as chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, died this morning at age 84 of complications from COVID-19. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said in a statement, General Colin Powell was a patriot, serving our country in uniform, leading at the highest levels of American government, and blazing a trail for generations to come. His leadership strengthened America, and his life embodied the American dream. The sad loss of Colin Powell is another sad indication of the devastating toll that the coronavirus continues to take on our country. And Maribel Batcher, president of the California Public Utilities Commission, described Powell as her best friend of nearly 40 years. Quote, I first met Colin Powell in February 1981 when I joined the offices of the Secretary and Deputy Secretary of Defense. He took this very green 25-year-old under his wing and taught me everything from the difference between an Army and Marine uniform to the importance of peace with dignity and strength. And that kindness and empathy are two incredibly important traits one must carry in life. We are talking now about Colin Powell's death and getting your reactions, listeners, which you can always share at 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can share them on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or you can email us, forum at kqed.org. Joining me now is Ron Elving, senior editor and correspondent on the Washington desk at NPR News. Ron Elving, thanks so much for being with us. Good to be with you. We, of course, were mentioning that Colin Powell was the nation's first African-American Secretary of State, Chair of the Joint Chiefs, and before then, National Security Advisor. Once a a major presidential contender as well talked about, at least in that way. Can you talk a little bit about who Colin Powell was, his personal story? His personal story is, in a sense, the ultimate American story. He was the son of uh, immigrants from Jamaica. He was born in Harlem. He grew up there in New York City, went to City College, and made his way in the military not as the product of an elite background with the U.S. Military Academy and so forth, but he made his way up through the ranks. He was a ranger. He rose all the way to being a four-star general and then eventually to being the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That is the supreme position for a member of the Uniformed Armed Services of the United States, and that was perhaps the highest office to which he ever actually aspired, although he did rise to some other offices. And as you say, he was frequently mentioned in the 1990s as a possible presidential candidate. Uh, he was probably not thinking Secretary of State when he was a young young man. <laughs> but, uh, but let's just say once he got into the military and started to rise, the highest aspiration he might have had would have been Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and he was the first African-American to achieve that honor. As you say, yes, in the 90s, I think he was one of the most popular public figures in the U.S. But yes, his tenure in the Bush administration was the George W. Bush administration. We understand now was very difficult and it chipped away at his standing. Can you remind us what was going on then? You know, Colin Powell was associated with some of the moments of great unity in our recent history. Uh, The country was pretty well supporting the Persian Gulf War uh, when he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And then later on, he would endorse 
Barack Obama at a moment of unity for at least many people in the country in 2008. But he was also associated with a moment of maximum division back in the early 2000s as the administration debated first and then decided to go ahead and invade Iraq in search of at least purportedly weapons of mass destruction and as Secretary of State and as a figure of international repute and renown and respect, Colin Powell was put out by the Bush administration to front that policy in front of the United Nations and to make claims that we now know were not well supported by facts and which he himself, General Powell, had doubted and argued about within the councils of the Bush administration. But when the decision was made that we were going to make our case for an invasion of Iraq, he went forward, a good soldier, I guess you would have to say, and felt it was his responsibility to make the case. But he himself came to regret that in his lifetime. Yes. Um, you also mentioned just a moment ago, Ron, his endorsement of then-candidate Barack Obama, um, when I think Powell very much was still strongly identified as a Republican, though I think he was an independent technically. But what did that endorsement play in terms of Obama's path to the presidency? You are right that he identified as an independent, but in the middle 1990s, after he had left the uniformed services and uh, was a private citizen, he, he, he did begin to campaign for some Republican candidates in 1995. And at that point, there were a lot of Republicans interested in having him actually run for president against then-President Bill Clinton. He polled well against Bill Clinton. In fact, on the day of the 1996 election, uh, which Clinton won pretty easily over Bob Dole, uh, they, the exit pollsters uh, puckishly asked people how they would have voted if the Republican nominee had been Colin Powell. And Powell won that poll 50 to 38. So that's an interesting thought. But he never actually had the bug to run for president. His wife, Alma, was opposed to it. And he didn't seem to have that particular uh, motivation, didn't want to run for political office in general, and certainly uh, was, was not likely to start out at the presidential level. So he did not run in 96. His name came up a couple of more times in 2000. People mentioned him for vice president. But he stepped back from that and took more of an independent role. And then in 2008, although he was not uh, opposed particularly to his former military colleague, John McCain, uh, he saw in Barack Obama a historic opportunity to unify the country, to bring African-Americans into the political conversation in a way that nothing else could. And he decided not to let that opportunity pass. Hmm. Ron Elving, senior editor and correspondent on NPR's Washington desk. I'd like to bring into the conversation now Secretary Leon Panetta, former director of the CIA, former U.S. Secretary of Defense, and chair of the Panetta Institute for Public Policy. Secretary Panetta, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you. Share, if you would, some of your reflections of Secretary Powell, both personally and professionally. Well, Colin Powell, uh, you know, in many ways uh, lived the American dream. Uh, he was the uh, son of immigrants. Uh, uh, served his country in uniform uh, as an Army soldier, became National Security Advisor, uh, became the first black chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and uh, became the first black Secretary of State. Uh, he was, uh, however, first and foremost, uh, I think, a military leader, mm -hmm. probably one of the finest military leaders uh, in the post-World War II era. What was the Powell Doctrine in 
what kind of influence did it have even on you, Secretary? Well, he was always a great advisor. I mean, why? Because he told the truth. Uh, He was a straight shooter. He was not somebody uh, who was uh, political in nature. Uh, He always felt that that you you had to be aware of the facts uh, and what was important for the national security of the country. Uh, And that's why I always enjoy talking to Colin, because uh, you always knew he was going to be a straight shooter and tell you what he believed. And uh, as a result of that, uh, you know, his advice was very helpful to the ability to try to uh, guide, uh, at that point, uh, uh, the uh, Department of Defense when I was secretary. Yes, and because his word was so powerful, as you were hearing from Ron Elving, it was very difficult for him to realize that his words about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and so on, the intelligence that he was given there was actually wrong. And then we also learned that he had misgivings about it even before he delivered those remarks in front of the UN and so on. What do you think we need to understand about someone in a role like that, um, about the the pressures that they're under, but also the responsibility that they feel and should take for what results. Well, even Colin himself said that uh, that was probably uh, one of his uh, worst moments uh, in all of his uh, life of public service because of uh, uh, of what uh, what came out uh, with regards to the weapons uh, of mass destruction. And, and here he had basically presented the case to the United Nations. Uh, that uh, there were uh, weapons of mass destruction that were there. Uh, you know, Colin, uh, Colin I'm sure, uh, was, was somebody who had a deep sense of right and wrong. But at the same time, he was a soldier. And when it came to uh, your commander-in-chief, uh, I think he believed in loyalty uh, to the commander-in-chief. So, you know, when the president asked him, he saluted and did what he thought uh, was important to do uh, as a as a soldier, so uh, I think I think he his life in many ways symbolized dedication to public service. I, I think in losing Colin Powell, uh, we're losing a generation of leaders uh, who are really committed to the truth and to public service uh, mm-hmm. and to the. Um. Are there some specific instances in which you sought General Powell's advice? Uh, absolutely. I talked to him uh, a number of times when I, uh, uh, when I was uh, chief of staff. Uh, I, I would talk uh, in the Clinton administration, talk with uh, Colin uh, about uh, some issues, uh, particularly military issues that we were dealing with and uh, trying to uh, determine uh, you know, what we should or shouldn't do. As a matter of fact, uh, he was one of the delegates that uh, Clinton sent to uh, Haiti uh, at a time when we were trying to decide, President Clinton was trying to decide whether to use military action against Haiti. So we had a great deal of conversation uh, with Colin about the situation there. Uh, And then afterwards, uh, obviously, when I was both director of the CIA, talked to him about the war on terrorism and then as Secretary of Defense, I uh, talked to him about uh, uh, the military. He believed that everyone ought to be able to serve in the military, and I think I, I always respected his viewpoint that uh, our military is stronger 
because we allow everyone, regardless of race or color or creed or gender, to be able to serve. That makes us a strong country. Well, this listener, Henry Gonzalez, writes, who is a retired U.S. Navy captain, I was one of over 300 officers who worked for him on the Joint Staff. When he left, he made time to take a photo with every officer who wanted one with him. There was a long line, but he was so personal and acknowledged all those who worked for him. We're remembering Secretary of State Colin Powell, who passed away this morning at age 84. We're talking with Leon Panetta, former director of the CIA, former U.S. Secretary of Defense, and chair of the Panetta Institute for Public Policy, Secretary Panetta. We're also talking with Ron Elving, senior editor and correspondent on the Washington desk at NPR News. And you're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Ron Elving, um, I'm hearing Secretary Panetta speaking of somebody who stood up for the truth uh, as being who Colin Powell was and that they are a rare breed at this point. Um, Could you talk about how he actually was quite public about the fact that he would not vote for candidate Donald Trump? There was a freedom, I think, at the latter part of Colin Powell's career. He had had that experience we've talked about with regard to the Iraq war in the early part of this century, and he did not want to be brought again into a situation where he was doing what was politically necessary because he felt like he was a loyal member of a team. Now, when he was actually the Secretary of State, he clearly was part of the president's team. He had to either resign as Secretary of State or do what he was told. Uh, That was a tough choice for him. And there have been other times when he has faced tough choices as well. He was not a proponent of President Obama's decision to surge U.S. forces in Afghanistan early on in the Obama presidency. He actually was supporting a position like that of Vice President at the time, Joe Biden, that it was time to wean the Afghan situation from American support. So he has taken some gutsy positions. He has said, this is what I would do. But when it was necessary to close ranks and defend the decision that had been made by the chain of command. That was that was his decision. But the interesting thing about Colin Powell and what he's been able to preserve and what I think he valued in staying out of politics personally, not actually being a candidate, what he valued about his ability to go on and speak his mind was that ultimately people would not question his own personal integrity. That, I think, for public servants such as Colin Powell has been paramount over the years. That has been the thing, the value they wanted to hold highest. Secretary Panetta, do you have a sense or ever spoke with him about what his party's embrace of Trump, what impact that had on him? I did, uh, and it was clear that uh, he was very disappointed uh, with what uh, Republicans uh, were doing uh, in supporting Donald Trump and, and more importantly, uh, that Donald Trump uh, was someone who did not tell the truth uh, to the country uh, and did not share the values that uh, General Powell felt were important to leaders in our country. Uh, I think that that represented for him uh, something that was failing with regards to our democracy uh, and that uh, rather than having people speak the truth, uh, be dedicated to our Constitution and to what our country is all about. I think he was really concerned that he was seeing people who were now putting party over country, and that's that's not 
what Colin Powell was about. I want to play a clip of Colin Powell speaking at the Howard University commencement in 1994. Here it is. As you seek your way in the world, never fail to find a way to serve your community. Use your education and your success in life to help those still trapped in cycles of poverty and violence. Above all, never lose faith in America. Its faults are yours to fix, not to curse. America is a family. There may be differences and disputes within the family, but we must not allow the family to be broken into warring factions. From the diversity of our people, let us draw strength and not see weakness. Believe in America with all your heart and soul, with all of your mind. Remember that it remains the last best hope of Earth. Secretary Panetta, during the 2020 campaign, Powell said he would vote for Joe Biden. And then after the January 6th insurrection, he basically publicly said on CNN that he no longer can call himself a fellow Republican. He's not a fellow anything right now. He's just watching his country and not concerned about parties. Do you think he carried that faith to the end in America that we heard from the commencement speech? Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any question uh, that uh, that speech uh, represented everything that Colin Powell was about in terms of total dedication to the country. Uh, it's interesting that he and his wife, Alma, were deeply committed to helping young people from every socioeconomic background try to achieve the promise of American values. He really, he really worked on that to to really promote equality and opportunity and freedom. Uh, he believed that deeply uh, in terms of what was what was the real strength of America. And I think I think that's why he was so disappointed uh, at the quality of leadership that he was seeing in our democracy. Uh, his hope was that younger people could bring a new kind of leadership back to the country. Well, um, he's remembered by his family in this Facebook post as a remarkable and loving husband, father, grandfather, and a great American. And I'm struck by how he spoke of himself in the third person to the New York Times in 2007. He said Powell's a problem solver. He was taught as a soldier to solve problems, so he has views, but he's not an ideologue. He has passion, but he's not a fanatic. He's first and foremost a problem solver. Secretary Panetta, really appreciate you coming on to share your reflections today, and I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, I appreciate that. Our, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Alma and the entire family. And Ron Elving, thanks to you as well for coming on too. Thank you, Nina. Ron Elving, senior editor and correspondent on the Washington desk at NPR. And thanks to our listeners for sharing their reflections. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snapchat Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.